many of you would like to know, I, I don't know what's going on, God. I don't know what's next. I don't know what's in front of me. You sit with the Lord and ask the Holy Spirit to do what the Holy Spirit naturally wants to do. He's just waiting on an invitation. Holy Spirit, show me what you see. Let me see what the Father sees. Father, I wanna hear from you through the Holy Spirit. Tell me yet what's yet to come. Tell me what's yet to come. Hey guys, this is Pastor Tommy. Thanks for joining us today at the Church at Bushland. Man, we pray that your faith will be encouraged and inspired from today's message. Man, good to see each of you this morning. Bye, boys and girls, we love you. Y'all be nice to Katie, I love her to death. Well, good to see you, church. Hey, I, I don't wanna interrupt worship, but I some things just need to be acknowledged and Lady Falcon Volleyball Team to be exalted, amen. Hey, state champions again. That's three out of the last four years. Mm. Almost made it four for four. So I want to give them a lot of love because that is a classy, classy team. They represented well. They represented the Lord well. And uh, man, I just want to give it up to them. I just, I just could not move without doing that. So Congratulations, girls. We love you and proud of you. So uh, we finished our series today. We've been in it for a long time. <laughs> and so I want to wrap it up today. Uh, I want to, we, we've kind of looked at this second half. If God was to pick up a pen and write a letter to the church, to the church in America, what would he write? What would he write? And each week on the second half of this, we've kind of looked at one thing that he would write to the church. And we're gonna do that again today. But I don't wanna jump into the day necessarily without recapping how we got there, okay? So I wanna go back all the way to Labor Day weekend. Some of you can't even remember September. I can't remember September. I did September. I had a birthday in September. Just can't remember much else about September. But I wanna take us back and I wanna walk us up to where we are today. Before I deliver it today, I think it's good that we go back and recap where God, what God did. So we started off Labor Day weekend, like I said, with one simple question. What is a church? What is a church? The ecclesia, as God calls it. The assembly, as God calls it. He loves the church. Loves the church. Okay? He birthed the church. Okay? He died for the church, and he is coming again for the church. The church is a big deal. There is nothing wrong with the church, okay? If something that would be wrong with the church had to be wrong with God, and God don't have anything wrong with him, okay? The problem is that, 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 that we as people make up the church and we can get broken and hurt and wounded sometimes, and we can bring it into the church, okay? but there's freedom for that. His name is Jesus. Amen. And when you come to Jesus and not to church, you'll get fixed. Okay. And when you get fixed, the church gets fixed. Amen. So there's nothing wrong with the church. The ecclesia is as healthy as it's ever been. Okay. Because God is still on the throne and loves his church. We looked at the simple question of what is a church? It's more than a building, my friend. It's more than a building. We jumped from there to two-part series, God Has No Orphans. We looked at the fact that salvation from God's perspective. We never look at salvation from God's perspective, do we? We always look at it for what's in it for us. That's how we do it. It's Starbucks moment, okay? All right, that's what we do. 
But if we ever looked at it from God's perspective, what it cost him, it cost us nothing, free gift. Cost him everything, okay? Cost him everything. We looked at it from God's perspective because God has no orphans, amen? No orphans. He didn't save us to leave us, amen? We jumped the second half to God after salvation, after we are born again, after, after we meet the Lord, he brings us into a what? A spiritual family. This is a family right here. This is a family, okay? We're brothers and sisters in Christ. We just got different mamas, amen? We're brothers and sisters in Christ. We just got different mamas, but we got the same daddy, amen? The same heavenly daddy, the same king daddy, okay? God saved us, put us in a spiritual family, but put it not just put us in a spiritual family, but he put us in the living body. Amen. This is a living body. This is a body that is living, active, moving. And he gave you spiritual gifts. He gave you talents. He gave you gifts. He gave you ways to use to serve the body of Christ. That's what he wants. That's what he's about. He didn't just save you to leave you. He saved you and put you in a family, but he put you in a family to what? Not sit and soak, but to serve. Amen. So find your place to serve and jump in. Church is much more fun when you're serving. Amen. Much more fun when you're serving. So then we looked at Konania. Konania, okay? Konania is simply authentic, genuine fellowship. And watch the words. Authentic, real, genuine, real fellowship. That's what God loves, okay? What he wants out of that is, he wants what? He wants us to greet one another with a holy kiss, okay? Right? With a holy kiss. Some of you got excited. It's a holy kiss, okay? He wants you to greet one another with a holy kiss. When we greet one another in the ecclesia with a holy kiss, let me tell you, we're being like Jesus. That's what we're called to do, okay? When we greet one another, we see them. When we see them, we see the creator. God made them. They're special. He died for them because he loves them. When you see them, you say, I don't just see you, but he sees you. That's what greeting one another in a holy kiss is. Okay, that's what should automatically be done in church. Automatically be done. If there's anybody in this room today that hasn't been kissed, okay, from heaven, raise your hand. I'll stick somebody on you right now, okay? I know you want to see them first, okay? You want to approve of them. But what I'm saying is that, that there should be nobody enters the ecclesia, into the assembly, into God's church, and doesn't get greeted, kissed from heaven, man. They ought to get kissed from heaven every week. All right. From there, we looked at a spirit-empowered body. Woo! Same power that resurrected Christ from the dead, he breathed into the house. He breathed into the church. If you go to a church that never mentions the word Holy Spirit, you need to leave as quick as you can. All right? Get out. I don't care how nice the place is. If they don't talk about the Holy Spirit, you need to get out because you're not having church. You're having a gathering. The Holy Spirit is the power of the house. If anything's going to happen, you see those baptisms right there? Those are adults. Holy Spirit does adults. All right? You're not, if you're going to see baptisms from adults, you're going to be in a church where the Holy Spirit is magnified and exalted, where the Holy Spirit has his freedom to do what he wants to do. Okay? Holy Spirit is the power that changes lives. There's nothing else. No persuasive words. No cool pastor. No smoke and mirror stuff. All right? It's the Holy Spirit power. Jesus doesn't need a crutch to draw a crowd. He is still enough. Amen. He doesn't need a dog and pony show. Just lift up Jesus and he'll draw all men and women, boys and girls to him. Promise you. Just let the Holy Spirit do the Holy Spirit thing. Don't, don't get stiff arm it. Don't tell it where it can and cannot move. Say, Holy Spirit, you move wherever you want to move. And when he does that, you're going to see that kind of stuff right there. Amen. Every time. All right. 
After that, we had a little break. We had a marriage retreat. We took communion in the house, beautiful thing for the church to do. And on the second half, we looked at what we're in today, to the church in America. We looked at church first, how God established it. Then we looked at it, how it's got to be moving forward. Because this world today is different since COVID. A lot of things different, okay? You know that. You don't need me to tell you that, okay? But the church is still here. He didn't come back to get it. So the church better get busy, amen? And how does he want the church to get busy? We looked at it, okay? So we did a little intro at first to the church in America. Remember the comparison between the church in America today and the church in Germany in, 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 in uh in 32 and 33, we, we, we saw the comparison. They, they, they were hide behind the church walls, stained glass windows and doors uh, while, 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 they, while they put Jews in boxcars and took them to concentration camps in the gas treatment. And they killed them. And the church just sang and worshiped, sang and worshiped. They didn't get involved, okay? They said, oh, you just worry about yourselves. Don't worry about stuff out there. Too messy. I'm sorry, the cross was messy. Church better get messy. We can't just stay in a little box behind the windows, all right? We got to get into the world out there, all right? We got to get into it. I'm not telling you the world needs to be political, but politics are important because from politics, there's, there's just policies and policies affect people and people are what God died for. That's how it works. So are politics important to church? Yes. Should your voting booth when you enter your voting booth, should Jesus walk in with you? You bet he does. He doesn't ever walk out without you. We ought to be involved in everything out there because the church can't just close our eyes to stuff out there. We got to be the church. Got to be the salt. Got to be the light. Not just in here where it's comfortable. Got to be out there where it's messy sometimes. Why? Because he's worth it. He's worth it, man. It's what the church ought to be. And then we looked at alignment. Alignment's everything, okay? Alignment is everything for the church. What the church moving forward aligns itself with, woo, is very important. And there's a lot of choices out there. There's a lot of help for people saying, hey, the church ought to do this. The church ought to align with this. The church ought to align with this. I'm sorry, but this house right here aligns with this, okay? This is what we align ourselves with. Unapologetically, we hold up the word of God. The B-I-B-L-E, yes, that's the book for me, okay? That's what we align ourselves with. We don't line it with the world or culture, what's cool, what's popular, what people want. It's not a popularity contest, okay? It's the word of God, and that's what the church must stand on, okay? Then we talked about starting right. We talked about the fact that the Holy Spirit at salvation, the Holy Spirit draws us, okay? John 6, the Holy Spirit draws us. Nothing about salvation starts with us. It always starts with the Holy Spirit of God. No one comes to the Father and the Spirit, what draws them, amen? And so the Holy Spirit, starting right, is the Holy Spirit at salvation baptizes us into Jesus. Why? Because you're saved, you become what? In Christ, John 15, you're the vine, we're the branches, all right? You're in Christ. If you're in Christ, you're born again, you're saved, you're, 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 heaven's your home. Does that make sense? So we talked about that. Then we talked about Matthew 3. You've got to follow Jesus in water baptism. That's immersion. That's under the water. Why do we do it that way? Jesus did it that way in Matthew chapter 3. You can check it if you want to. We baptize that way because Jesus did. Because if you're serious about following Jesus, then get your baptism to match Jesus and you'll start right. I mean, it's hard enough starting right, amen? The world's gonna punch your mouth out all the time. They're gonna kick you in the mouth all the time, all right? 
Start right. The power of lining your life up with what Jesus did. So the Holy Spirit baptizing us into Jesus, we follow in Jesus in water baptism, just like Jesus did. From there, we went to the baptism of the Holy Spirit, where Jesus baptizes us into the Holy Spirit. That's what he told the church. He said, wait before you go. Too many people run out and try to do it in their own strength and their own power, and it doesn't work, and they fail. And they say, well, what's wrong with me? There's nothing wrong with you. But you're just fighting like a wet pretzel. You got to get the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of you and go fight. That's the power. That's what he told the church. He said, church, don't go too fast. Wait. That's what he told them. When the Holy Spirit fell on them, when he came on them, okay? When you're immersed with the Holy Spirit, baptized with the Holy Spirit, feel with the Holy Spirit, all right? Now you've got the Holy Spirit power working inside of you. Now you can go be the salt and light that God asked you to be. So wait before you go. And then last week, we talked about the, good, the great comeback. You got to come back to God. If God was to write a letter to the church, he said, church, come back to me. Just come back, man. Just draw near to me. I'll draw near to you. Too many churches today trying to do church without, job, without God. Oh, he's got to be first. He's got to be the king. He's got to be the one, all right? Come back to me. So today, if God were to pick up a pen, all right? You see, we've been busy for 10 weeks, all right? Week 11, all right, it's simply this. If God was to pick the pen up and say to the, to the church in America, you know what he'd say? Where's the vision, church? Where's the vision of the church? Where's the vision of the house? When I look at church today, I don't, I don't see churches with vision. We've kind of went into this survival mode, hope we make it mode, pull in the troops mode. That's not, that's not our God. That's not church. He didn't say that. He said, where's my vision? Where's the vision of the house? Where's the vision of the church? Where's the church going? I'm going, I'm moving, the Holy Spirit's moving. Where, where are you going, church? That's what we're gonna talk about. Because if he was gonna pin something to the church, he would say, church, church, my church, listen to me. Where's your vision? Well, you know, it's, it's crazy out there, God. It's, it's just a different world out there, and there's a lot of things again, that's working against us. Okay. Well, you know, I don't know how it's going. No, I know how it's going to work. I know how it's going to work. You're, you're going to do this out there, and I'm going to change lives. I'm going to raise up the church. I'm going to give you a vision. I'm going to give you, I'm going to let you see what I see. And so today, we're going to look at where is the vision? And I want you to listen to it from individual church, from a corporate church, okay? So where is the vision? Another way to say it is, what is the vision? What is the vision? <laughs> I like to say it this way. Who is the vision? Mm. Not just where is it, not just what is it, but who is it? Where, what and who is the vision of the house? Remember, church, we're not fighting to victory. We're fighting from victory. Amen? Do you see that today? Churches today don't look like they're fighting from victory. Okay? That's not what I'm seeing today. But that's what we got to have today. So what is the vision? What is vision? The act or power of seeing the act of power anticipating of what will come or what may, to come, may come. It's the vision of seeing what's in front of us. 
So where does vision and direction come from from our church? It's a good question, all right? It comes from my pastoral team. Got one of the best pastoral teams. I'll put it up against anybody's, all right? I have a wonderful staff. My guys and my ladies are incredible, okay? And I know you know that. They're incredible. We have incredible elders. I have seven men that govern and cover us really well. They, are, they love Jesus and they love the church. They're beautiful men and they, and, and they absolutely sit with me and we chew these tough questions all the time. And then ultimately it comes from what? Me, my, the lead pastor. That's part of my responsibility is the vision of the house. So who is looking, seeing, listening, and hearing for the church? Obviously, all three of those, but ultimately it falls on my lap, okay, as the lead pastor. I want you to look at Exodus 33. It fell on Moses' lap too, okay? In Exodus 33, Moses said, the scripture says that Moses would leave his tent and go to a tent. God asked him to pitch a tent and he pitched the tent out there. And he says, he called it the tent of meetings. He would go and sit there and wait with, for God. And God would visit Moses right there. And God would give Moses a word and Moses would go back and tell the people, okay? He would go back and tell the people. He met with him face to face. Old Testament. Look at New Testament. We have the Holy Spirit now. Look at John 16, 12 through 13. John 16, 12 through 13. This is, a, this is Jesus. I have much more to say to you. That's what, that's what he says. More than you can bear. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell of what is yet to come. That's the Holy Spirit. How many of you would wanna know what's yet to come? How many of you would like to know, I, I don't know what's going on, God. I don't know what's next. I don't know what's in front of me. You sit with the Lord and ask the Holy Spirit to do what the Holy Spirit naturally wants to do. He's just waiting on an invitation. Holy Spirit, show me what you see. Let me see what the Father sees. Father, I wanna hear from you through the Holy Spirit. Tell me yet what's yet to come. Tell me what's yet to come. That's the Holy Spirit. That's what he wants to do. So what is vision? Pretty simple. It's an encounter with God where he imparts special revelation. Where he imparts special revelation. Proverbs 29, 18. Proverbs 29, 18 says this. Where there is no revelation, the people cast off constraints. Restraints. Proverbs 29, 18 in the King James Version. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Look at it in the Amplified. Same text, 29, 18. Where there is no vision, mm, watch this, no revelation of God and his word, the people are unrestrained. What he means is, where there is no vision, where there's no, uh, there is no uh, vision of God and his word, the people are unrestrained. They're, they're wild. They're going everywhere. They're going all over the place. Don't you sometimes feel like your life is going all over the place? And you're like, what is my single laser for me? What, what, I got to laser my life up. How do you do that? Well, you don't go to Facebook and ask somebody to help you do that. You go to the Father and say, God, John 16, 12, and 13. Father, tell me what you see. Show me what you see. Help me laser my life. I want to know what you see. I want to see what you see. I want to see what's yet to come. Tell me. And that's what God does. He will meet with you. He will give you fresh revelation. He will speak to you. It is a discipline, my friend. It is an absolute discipline to be able to sit with God and turn you off and turn him on. That's hard. 
I'm telling you, it's a discipline. It's a spiritual formation. It's a spiritual habit you have to do. And you can't just do it one time and go, I'm just going to go do this. <laughs> no, you have to have a, a, it has to be intentional. It has to be a pattern of your life. It has to be something that you love and you desire and you want more than anything is to hear from the Father and have a revelation of what he wants for your life because that's what he wants. But, but you got to discipline yourself to do it. You got to get quiet. You got to get still. You got to turn things off, okay? You got to turn you off. It is said in studies, it takes about 15 minutes for the average person to turn themselves off and to get still. Some of you are like, it takes me 45 minutes at least, all right? It may take you longer. It may take you shorter. But the average is about 15 minutes. Some people they can't wait 15 minutes. That's hard to do. But it's rich, man. I'm telling you. If you will discipline yourself to sit with the Lord and ask, he will. He will share. I want you to go to your Bible. I want you to go to Habakkuk in the short time we got left. Habakkuk chapter 2. Waiting on the kid that gets named Habakkuk. That's a, that's a cool name. Junior high may not be that much fun, but that's a cool name, right? <laughs> Habakkuk, right? I just like saying it. Right? I need to preach more from Habakkuk. We may have a Habakkuk series coming up, all right? Uh, Habakkuk 2. Look at 2-2. Uh, Look at Habakkuk 2-2. Two, two. I'm also going to read 3, but starting 2. Then the Lord replied, write down the revelation. Hmm and make it plain on tablets so that the herald may run with it. Look at verse three. Three is rich, boy. For the revelation waits, mm, we don't like that word, waits on an appointed time. It speaks to the end, and it will not prove false, though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and will not delay. Mm, behind me is vision. Tablets, somewhat of a tablet. From God for our country. From God for God's people. They did Habakkuk 2, 2, and 3. They didn't even know it. Maybe they did know it. But you got to write it down. Same for your life. Some of us need to spend a little time right here because we don't know where we're headed because we don't even know where we are. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a what? Light unto my path, amen. The quickest way to finding your way from being lost is to find out where you are to start with, all right? I'm here, God, but I wanna know what you have. Not just for me individually. I pray for the church, Okay. And he always, always, always delivers. But I have to be able to wait, and I have to understand that revelation isn't a switch into a room. It comes. It's faithful. He's faithful if I just press in, if I just wait on him, if I just sit with him, if I just sit quietly with him. So let's talk vision real quick. Let's talk vision of TCAP, this house right here. Okay, so let me, let me talk to you about some things that we just, we've seen recently. Oh, last year, opened up the new drop-off to the north. Amen? Some of you love that. It's the fastest way to heat. If you don't know that already, 
Quickest entrance to heat is the drop-off, okay? So there will be some Sundays. You can't wait to get to the heat. That's your entrance, okay? All that right there was done about a year ago. We opened it all up. It's beautiful on Sunday mornings. It's beautiful on Wednesday nights. It's really beautiful on Tuesdays and Thursday mornings for all the MDO parents and mamas and babies and kids. I love that. We get to see it all the time. Uh, that all happened at, at TCAP. Parking lot area, I know you're loving that. 108 official spots, poured, nice, beautiful, curb, new entrance, new lights, new everything out there. All that crushed additional as well. The new building behind me, all part of the vision for our church. Uh, you're gonna hear it termed the Flex Building. All right, the Flex, F-L-E-X. That means it's flexible. We're gonna flip it to a whole bunch of stuff. That's what I'm saying. All right. And so right now, what's being done is there's some great guys giving up their weekend and a whole lot of their own time to grind the floor down and they're going to paint it. We're going to have two pickleball courts inside that building, nice, heated and air conditioned, no wind, none of that. It's going to be gorgeous. And we, it's open to us to do that all day long and play as much as we can. So that's some of the stuff that's happened with vision for us, all the other things you know about. So here's the questions facing us. What, what about future growth? You're going to get a manger letter at the end of the week, uh, probably towards the weekend. We're going to do it through emails this time instead of letters, trying to save some money because it's crazy to mail a letter today. Woo! That stamp should not cost that. I'm sorry. But, but we're going to try to do it through email, okay? Same situation, manger off and everything. It's all about future growth or future additions, okay? So, the question on the table that I'm sitting with and my elders are sitting with is, on our, what's it, what I'm sitting with is, bigger on this campus or multiplication on other locations? That's what we're sitting with. Bigger on this campus because we, we don't have any room from about where we are to the south. It's all taken. All of our land is north. We own all that to the north. It's all paid for. We're all debt-free church. We can build anytime. We have plans for a worship center. Vadi got bids on that. That scared me to death. That's why we're not moving, okay? So <laughs> it, I know God's bigger. I'm not saying lack of faith. I'm just saying that, that, that I got the bids. I've looked at the numbers, but you understand it costs a lot to build and rates are not good, okay? And so we're, we're sitting with that, but we know more is coming. We know more is coming, whether it's bigger on this campus or multiplication on other, lo on other campuses or, or locations. Uh, we're, not, we're, we're open to either one, okay? Okay, we're open to either one. And that's, that's what we're doing. So the manger offering is about future growth, okay, or addition. The money on December 17th, as we take the offering, we take the manger offering, it's all gonna go future growth. We've gotta put money aside. When God green lights us, we're going. That's the bottom line. And we don't want to come back to you and have to wait on that. We want to be able to go with that. And so that's where we're going with that. And so that's the, the vision here is bigger on this campus or multiplication on other locations. Okay. And we'll get there. So let's talk vision for Mesa Verde. About a year ago, last fall, remember we obtained Bicota Baptist Church. Okay. All right. Uh, we call it now the church at Mesa Verde. Okay. Uh, Last year's manger offering went towards that, okay? We've cleaned out the inside of the building, all except the worship center. We've left it alone because they have church. They're having church right now, all right? So we've left that alone, all right? And then we've done a lot of work outside, a lot of deacon days, a lot of men went over. Uh, we cleaned up a whole bunch of stuff outside. We spent a lot of money on the outside on renovation. Uh, if you haven't been by in a while, it's beautiful. It's all painted. It's got new doors, new windows. It looks gorgeous outside. Love the way it looks outside. Neighbors are like, 
this must be under different management. I was like, they could say that, but I know what they mean. It's not different management, it's just different church, right? Uh, so, so we love it. The neighbors love it. They're, they're excited and all this stuff. So the building looks beautiful, okay? And so we awaited on that. So, so under Tommy's leadership, Tommy uh, uh, on our staff does family pastor, but he's also pastoral care, and part of that is local missions. He has a beautiful heart for Mesa Verde. He's partnered with the school, Mesa Verde Elementary, right a block away. We have adopted that campus. They've adopted us. We love that administration, those teachers, those kids. Uh, we've adopted teachers. Many of you do that. We give them gifts. We give them drinks and all kind of stuff. You know that, that when we asked them last year what would bless them the most as a campus, they said hoodies. All right, remember that? And we got them green hoodies with the yellow logo. Well, about over 450 hoodies, and we gave them out to the kids. And I'm telling you, they wear them like crazy. I don't even know if they, I think they have to wash the kid in the washing machine because he won't take it off. They have it on all the time, man, all the time. And we love it. We go over to the uh, pep rallies and they're wearing them all the time. It doesn't matter if it's 90 degrees, they're wearing them because they're proud of it. They love it. We gave it to teachers, administrators, gave it to all the students. Uh, we gave it to the custodial people. We gave it to the cafeteria workers. They just lit up, man. They never think of us. Well, we think of you, so here's a hoodie. And so it's just beautiful. We love everything that God has done there and uh, just excited about the connection. We have a beautiful relationship with the school. The school's what's helping us the most is they're helping us segue into everything. And so I'm excited this morning uh, to introduce to you something very new that's coming uh, to, to that location, okay? Uh, not just to the location, but to our staff. Uh, we have met as a, um, a team of elders, and the vision for Mesa Verde is coming, uh, coming full circle. We talked about an after-school program, and I won't tell too much of the story, but you're gonna get to hear from him uh, and his wife in January. They're gonna get to, to tell you that, but I wanna introduce to you uh, Tiago and Nina. I know they're here. I saw them walk in. There they are. Uh, there's T and, and is Tito here? Is Claire here? There they are. They're beautiful. Okay, turn and look at them. Y'all wave again. They, you're gonna fall in love with them. I'm telling you, okay? They... They, I, 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 ooh, I just want to tell you this story. It's so cool. But I can't tell you because he's going to get to tell you in January. But Tiago and Nina are joining our staff, our pastoral team. Uh, Tiago is going to lead and direct an after-school program at Mesa Verde. Uh, he's going to office over there. They're going to buy in that neighborhood or close to that neighborhood. They want to be entrenched there. Uh, Tiago can speak multiple languages, uh, spent time in Brazil. Uh, that was his connection to Tommy, which led to a whole lot of other things. Um, but I love what they're going to do. The school is all for what we're doing. They're going to send children to our after-school program. We believe that the after-school program will raise up a church there among the people. Remember, the nation have come to that area, okay? And I told you from the get-go, God, when God, when we got the property, they handed us the keys, remember? They handed us the keys. We didn't do nothing, okay? Building inside, outside, six acres. They just handed it to us, okay? They entrusted it with us. So God was writing it. And I, I, I told God, God, you're writing this. I'm not taking the pen out of your hand. And, Revel and, and, and what we just read says, you gotta wait. It's gonna come. You gotta wait. And in March, Tiago in Dallas, Texas, he will graduate uh, from Christ for the Nation, uh, December 8th. 
In March, God woke him up with a dream. After school program. And he drew. God said, draw what I gave you. And he drew it. And I'm going to tell you, it's Mesa Verde. That's what it was. And so we, he came in June. Melissa and I went to lunch with him. And he's already got a slideshow. He's, man, he's got it, man. God's given him the vision. And he wrote it down on tablets. And the elders said, let's do this. And we jumped all over it. And so they're going to come and be a part of our staff uh, in January. It's going to take a little bit of time to get his fruits on the ground. We're going to start partnering with the school. And then we're going to open up a full-fledged after-school program. And many of you that I'm looking at today in the next service are going to be teaching over there, going to be helping over there, going to be serving over there. And I believe without a doubt, God's going to raise up a church in the middle of all that. And uh, it looks a whole lot different than Bushman, Texas, my friend. You got to remind yourself where you are. But it's gorgeous because God has brought the nations here and God has brought us and partnered us with them. And so I'm excited for Tiago. I'm excited for the family being here. And I know you are as well. Uh, remember also that Hope Choice is going to have a location there. They're going to have that northeast corner. Uh, we're gonna lo- we love that. They're going to have a beautiful spot in that neighborhood, a footprint there as well. So those two ministries will occupy that building. And, uh, and we're just excited. So I want to go back and read to you the uh, Habakkuk passage again. I want you to listen to it again, and then we're going to close. Habakkuk 2.2. Then the Lord replied, write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that the herald may run with it. For the revelation waits an appointed time. Hmm. Boy, does it. It speaks of the end and will not prove false. And though it linger, wait for it. And it will certainly come and will not delay. One thing that we were faithful to do is wait for him to write it. We did what we needed to do. We positioned ourselves, okay? In the midst of all of that, God raised up. He raised up that sweet couple. They they heard the Lord. And, they, and, and he, drew, he, he wrote down what he saw. And God has partnered us beautifully. And I am pumped about what God's going to do. It's going to be beautiful. It is going to be, we've never gone there before, but we trust God. This is God's story. He's going to continue to write this. And what it looks like for us here on this campus, whether it's bigger north or multiplication somewhere else, I, I'm, not, I'm not worried a bit because I know my God's faithful. I know I got a strong and, and, and beautiful church. And when God green lights us and speaks, we're going to go. And so the manger offering coming up in December is all about positioning ourselves so that when God says green, we're going to go. All right. It's going to be beautiful. I'm excited to have Tiago and his wife and kids. And I'm excited about what God's doing. So I want you to stay in church. We got to get out of here because we got another church wants to get in here. All right. So here's what I want to say to you. To the church in America. Yeah, he's writing that. And he writes to the church and he says, where's the vision, church in America? Because too many churches are in retreat. They're retreating, man. They're not, they're surviving. They're not thriving. That's not our God. So what about you, little church? What about you? What's God's vision for your life? What is it? How long has it been since you've asked that question? Well, he, he 
He says, you ask me in John 16, I'll tell you. You sit with me, I'll give it to you. If you wait long enough, I'll give you that revelation. What's God asking you? It may be part of this after school at Mesa Verde. You might have been waiting on it. When I said it, your spirit jumped. That might be God saying that's you. I don't want to move so much from the church and forget the individual. I want to ask the little church, where is your vision? How long has it been since you talked to the one who has the vision for your own personal life? What's your vision? So if you're on the ministry team, I'm going to invite you to come. This altar is wide open. This time right here is... This is when we do with what God gave us. When the Holy Spirit spoke and when he said something to us, we got to respond to that. And so church, let me ask you, where is your vision? Personally, and where does God want you in his big vision for the church? Let me pray for us. Father, we love you. We thank you for your word. So simple. So simple, God. Forgive us the times we've complicated it. You simply say, ask us, ask the Lord, and he will give you a fresh revelation of the vision that he has for you. So God, I pray that your spirit will speak to your church today, that each of us would know what you have for each of us. Where is your vision? Father, we love you in Christ's name. Hey, thanks for joining us today here at the Church at Bushland online. Hey, if you were inspired by today's message, we'd love to hear from you. Just drop a message in the comments or you could email us at info at bushland.com. We'd love to hear what God's doing in your life. Also, man, if there's anything we could agree for in prayer with you guys, just text the word pray to 806-557-1800. We believe there's power in agreement um, with the Lord. And so um, if we could pray for you, just do that for us. Um, and if you'd like to connect further with us through social media, uh, just search the church at Bushland. You can find out more things that are coming up here um, and get involved that way. And then if you'd like to plan a visit, uh, we'd love to see you face-to-face. We have services here, 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m. every Sunday. You can go to our website, thechurchatbushland.com, and plan that visit, and we look forward to meeting you that way. Finally, man, just thanks again for joining us. Pray your faith was encouraged, and we look forward to journeying with you in the days ahead. So have a blessed day.